Ed Robertson welcoming you to TV Confidential, radio talk show about television. They'll play part two of a conversation that began a few weeks ago with Rodimus Perrault. Rodimus Perrault, the actor most of you remember playing Grasshopper on the original Kung Fu, and John Edwards on Little House on the Prairie. The new Kung Fu premiered a couple weeks ago on the CW. You might recall that Rodimus took a sabbatical from acting and went into business for himself installing home theater systems and other sound systems in residential areas and private businesses. One of the most remarkable things about Rodimus' success as an entrepreneur is that he did that for more than 25 years, working pretty much as a one-man operation. We'll ask about that. We'll also talk about Rodimus' decision to return to acting for the first time in 30 years and more when we play part two of a conversation with Rodimus Parra in our second hour. Please stay tuned for that. Later on this hour, we will play the conclusion of our three-part conversation with Carol Ford and Linda Groundwater. Carol and Linda are two of the co-authors of Bob Crane, The Definitive Biography, a cradle-to-grave examination of the life and career of the beloved radio pioneer and star of Hogan's Heroes, whose accomplishments in radio and television are often overshadowed by the brutal nature of his unsolved murder in June 1978 and the scandalous nature of his addiction to sex. Among other things, we'll talk about the steps that Bob Crane took to tackle his addiction head-on once and for all, including the addiction counselor that Bob Crane began working with in the weeks and months before he was killed. Carol Ford, Linda Groundwater, part three of our conversation later on in this hour. We hope you'll stay tuned for that as well. In the meantime, Tony Figueroa is here with us for a special baseball-themed edition of This Week in TV History. As we record this conversation, Major League Baseball is in full swing. All teams, or almost all teams, have had at least one away series and one home series. Plus, if you follow baseball, you know that we've already had our first no-hitter of the season as we record this conversation. The first no-hitter, by the way, in the history of the San Diego Padres franchise. There are two particular reasons why we're going to focus on baseball and television this week. That'll become very clear in just a second. Tony Segrin, as always, brought to us by our friends at Story Salon, Southern California's longest-running regularly performing storytelling ensemble, storysalon.com, facebook.com forward slash storysalon. Donna is on assignment, so Tony will be carrying the ball by himself this segment. What do you have for us this week? Another loss, and as an Angelino, this is kind of a, a big deal. You know, we lost both Tommy Lasorda and Don Sutton around the same within a week. Of, within a week of each other, if within I recall. And then we lose Hank Aaron, who... It's one of those things, and and uh, I will say, you know, you, Ed, are a, a much bigger baseball fan than I am. I'm a fan of the history of baseball, but I am not somebody who watches uh, baseball on television. Uh, I, I, I have gone to games. I enjoy being there. I'm not somebody who can watch it on TV. <laughs> but growing up in L.A., Tommy Lasorda was this legend. I mean, he really was a big deal to us. And even after he retired, he was still this presence that we had here. And, you know, a very likable guy, uh, a very, you know, he, he led that ship, let's put it that way, for a long time. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I remember he would do local commercials here. 
he would do the Tonight Show. He did episodes of shows like Chips, you know, and he was just, you know, like this empresario of the city, let alone, you know, the Dodgers organization. I mean, it was such a big deal. He was, and my, my guess is that this kind of came about organically. He was a member of Walter Alston's coaching staff during the early part of the 70s before he finally took over as manager at the end of the 76 season. But whereas Walter Alston was kind of old school, quiet, you know, not as flashy a personality as, say, Leo DeRocher or Casey Stengel or, you know, some of the other great characters of the game. Tom Lasorda was a character in every sense of the word. He was the antithesis of Walter Alston in many respects. And he turned out to be the perfect manager for those great Dodger teams as they gelled in their prime in the latter half of the 1970s. And in the years before Fernando Valenzuela emerged, and as we're having this conversation, calendar year 2021, the 2021 baseball season marks the 40th anniversary of Fernando Mania and the emergence of Fernando Valenzuela as a star for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Tom Lasorda was more or less the face of the franchise. And... You And to borrow an acting term that you have used many times, Tony, he committed himself to that. And um, being on the other side of the Giants-Dodgers rivalry, whenever the Dodgers came to San Francisco, especially in the 70s, but every year during the 20 years that Tom Lasorda managed the Los Angeles Dodgers. At Candlestick Park, whether it was a crowd of 5,000 or a crowd of 55,000, whenever Lasorda came out, emerged from the dugout to deliver the lineup card before the start of each game, he was greeted with a hearty round of booze. And and he reveled in it. Uh, whenever he took a pitcher out to make a pitching change or whatever, he would be greeted with a hearty round of booze. And he embraced it. He would doff his cap. He would kiss the crowd. He knew he was the villain, and and I'm because he was flamboyant, and he would talk about how God bled Dodger blue, and he would talk about how God the big the big Dodger in the sky, you know God was a Dodger fan. You know he wore his love for the Dodgers on his sleeve, and. I believe in other cities he would be greeted the same way, but he was especially greeted that way in San Francisco. And growing up, like a lot of fans at the time, I hated Tom Lasorda as a kid. As I, as I grew up, I loved Tom Lasorda because he was a great ambassador for the game of baseball. Yes, he was. He would, I, I think, you know, of all... That you know, funny. You, you also mentioned Leo DeRocher, who I always think of that episode of the Munsters that he was on. And I think he also did a Mr. Ed. Yeah, and just you know, such um, somebody who could take the pie to the face yeah. in that way. 
and uh, have fun with it, but also a, a great ambassador for baseball, like you said. Uh, but you talked about uh, the hate towards Tommy Lasorda at times. My family did a cross-country drive. We started in Miami, and we were not, uh, you know, it was not on our radar until it was too late. But the Dodgers were playing the Braves when we got to Atlanta, but we got to Atlanta very late at night. And, you know, my dad was, uh, you know, thinking if we had only known we could have tried to, you know, get tickets for the game, we would have left earlier so we could have gotten tickets and seen the game. And I remember when we were getting into Atlanta, the game created all this traffic and it just made us even, you know, more behind schedule. We checked into our hotel in time for the 11 o'clock news. And uh, we had one of the local affiliates on, and they come on with the gloom and doom for the news broadcast. And the gloom and doom had nothing to do with anything except that the Dodgers beat the Braves. <laughs> so the top story was, it is a sad day in Atlanta, the Dodgers beat the Braves. And so that was the top story. It was... I mean, they presented that news like the worst thing that could hit Atlanta since the burning of Atlanta. I mean, they, they brought it with that dramatic clip. And then when they got to the news segment, I mean, to the sports segment, they put up a, a, a call line, uh, a phone line. Uh, remember 900 numbers, right? And you have one 1-900 number to call if you hate Tommy Lasorda. And then there was a second 1-900 number to call if you really hate Tommy <laughs> and, and people were calling in to express their hatred towards Tommy. Yeah, it was. So in hindsight, I was thinking, it's a good thing we did not get there and not know, not know about it and not get there because I would have been there rooting for the Dodgers and I probably would not be talking to you today. <laughs> like I said, I like going to games and, you know, just – it's just uh, it's funny that I'm just kind of wired that way but uh, Tommy Lasorda had this one speech that he used over and over and over again about how the, the Dodgers are the only you know when you say that you're a Dodger they know that you're talking baseball yeah you know if you said that you were a twin well where's your brother or you know uh, and uh, I think some of the examples I can no longer repeat in modern times but uh, he had, but it always end with the only angels are in heaven, and they are all Dodgers fans. Tony Figueroa is with us for a special baseball-themed edition of this week in TV history, in which we pay tribute to the life and legacy of Tommy Lasorda, the legendary manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers, and one of the great ambassadors of the game of baseball. Tom Lasorda passed away earlier this year, Thursday, January 7th, at the age of 93. Later on this segment, we'll remember Vin Scully's famous call of Hank Aaron's 715th home run, which made Aaron the all-time home run leader of Major League Baseball, eclipsing the record of Babe Ruth at the time Hank Aaron hit that home run on April 8th, 1974, as part of this week. In TV history. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. There is a famous 
clip is circulated on some sports stations. Occasionally they would play it, but they would, they would every uh, every five seconds there would be a bleep. There was a very famous Lasorda rant where he just went off, and every every other word is a blue word. And I'm not talking Dodger blue, you know. Uh, yeah. He was a very passionate. He was a very very passionate man, and yes, he had he inherited those great. Dodger teams of the late 70s with Dusty Baker and Steve Garvey and Lee Lacey and uh, Davey Lopes and Tommy John and Don Sutton. But, Steve Yeager. And, and Steve Yeager. But I think his greatest achievement as a manager came with 1988 because that year they were coming off a down year, they lost close to 100 games. They were not untalented, but they were not expected to go anywhere that year. The Giants had just won the division the year before, and the Giants were the trendy pick going into spring training. The Giants got off to a slow start. The Dodgers that year got off to a hot start, and nobody knew how to motivate a team better than Tom Lasorda. And nobody knew how to evoke, reach the emotions of a player better than Tom Lasorda. And that Dodger team in 88 exceeded expectations. They, they may have, with one exception, they may have played over their heads. They also had a outstanding year by Oral Hershiser, who won pretty much every game he pitched that year, and he set the record for consecutive scoreless innings that year. And as everyone knows, they famously upset the A's in the World Series that year with, with that famous moment in which a badly injured Kurt Gibson comes off the bench in the bottom of the ninth. He can't, he was unable to play that series because both, he's, he's got like two hamstring injuries. So he can't run. He could barely walk. The only thing he can do is if he hits a fly ball, there's a good chance it'll go out. But if he hits a ground ball, it's the end of the game because he can't he can't run. And wouldn't you know it, bottom of the ninth, he hits that home run off of Dennis Eckersley. It changed the course of that World Series and the Dodge that amazing 1988 Dodger team wins the World Series that year, and in many respects, I think that was Tom Lasorda's best, his greatest moment as a manager. And this is coming from a Giants fan. Yeah. No, I think I think even even the people who you know had varying views, I think there was still a certain respect for Tommy Lasorda. Yeah. Uh, that was you know like that you, you you put it well you know he was an, an ambassador for baseball. It was, you could have him do that. I've, I've the guy him. knew how to win. And he yeah. knew, there are people who know how to win, and there are people who teach, who know how to teach how to win. And he could do both. Mm-hmm. And his record speaks for itself. Oral Hershiser, this is how the story goes, and I believe most of this is true. Oral Hershiser, when he was first called up in 83, was a 24-year-old career minor leaguer. I forget who got injured, but uh, he was called up, and they needed someone to step into the starting rotation. 
Hershiser was a talented pitcher, but he was, he was basically Clark Kent. He was a mild-mannered, quiet type of person. Tom Lasorda, out of, out of the blue, he called him Bulldog, which was which, which, which sort of the opposite of who we projected as a person. But he says, you're going to be the Bulldog. you got this team behind you. Just relax, pitch your game. You're the Bulldog. You bear down. And he had a great year that year. And from that point on, Hershiser's nickname was Bulldog. And I don't think Oral would have the type of career he had were it not for Tom Lasorda. I remember also a story, and I don't know who the player was, but it was just a player that was dismissive to a kid who wanted an autograph. And Tommy Lasorda read the riot act to this guy. I don't know how many people witnessed it, but it was just one of those things. These are the fans. These are why you're here. This, you know, just the whole thing. And that's also part of how he, he operated. He knew. He understood marketing. Yeah. He, he understood marketing in a way that few managers understand. And if a kid wants an autograph, a kid gets an autograph. That was, it's funny how, you know, the memories all kind of fly through when we're looking at that. Um, the one time I met Larry King, the first conversation we had was about the Dodgers. And I, and I really wanted to, I would say the bulk of the conversation, he was asking me questions, which is, you know, I guess the best way to pay tribute to Larry King. So you've been interviewed by Larry King. I've been interviewed by Larry King. <laughs> the Dodgers were playing and he had one part of his brain focused on that because he was trying to get score, you know, so, you know, I would check my phone. So he was really wanting to know what was, ha and he knew everything. And he was, the thing that got my curiosity, because I am kind of a fan of the history of baseball, he was the first person I met who was a fan of the Dodgers going back to Brooklyn. Yeah. And I say that because I have a lot of Brooklyn relatives who disown the Dodgers when they left Brooklyn. You know, and these were the relatives, the ones that are still around. It's like those aren't the real Dodgers. The real Dodgers are, are in Brooklyn, you know. And I remember seeing George Carlin, who was a Brooklyn Dodgers fan, also very um, passionately feel that, you know, the Dodgers are dead to me when they left Brooklyn. Well, I think we can add our mutual friend and colleague Phil Grice to that group as well. So, you know, Larry King was really the first person that I met that was loyal to the Dodgers, you know, up until the end. I mean, just it, it, that did not matter. I know uh, Jackie Gleason was a big fan of the Dodgers also. I don't know how he felt when, you know, the Dodgers moved to, uh, to Los Angeles. But it was, you know, just I wanted to know about, his, you know, the history of his fandom for the team. But, you know, as a little boy going to see the Dodgers. And I think Regis was also a Dodgers, a Brooklyn Dodgers fan. Or it might have been the Brooklyn Dodgers football franchise that existed. At the time. Well, he was, I believe, Regis's allegiance up until the end of his life was with the Yankees. But he, but he would have, but being New York born and bred, I would imagine there was a loyalty to the Brooklyn Dodgers, um, if not the entire Dodger franchise. Tony Figueroa is with us for a special baseball-themed edition of This Week in TV History, in which we 
pay tribute to the life and legacy of Tommy Lasorda, the legendary manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers and one of the great ambassadors of the game of baseball. Tom Lasorda passed away earlier this year, Thursday, January 7th at the age of 93. Tommy Lasorda was the third base coach of the Los Angeles Dodgers on the night of April 8th, 1974, the night that Hank Aaron broke Babe Ruth's record by hitting his 715th career home run in a game against the Los Angeles Dodgers, a game that was covered by NBC television. Vin Scully was behind the mic that night, April 8th, 1974. We'll talk about the significance of that moment and more. We continue our look at this week in TV history here on TV Confidential. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now, is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-890-1032. 800-890-1032. That's 800-890-1032. This Week in TV History now has its own podcast. You can enjoy This Week in TV History with Tony Figueroa on Megaphone and wherever else you find podcasts. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk tvconfidential.net talk at tvconfidential.net you can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential x.com forward slash tvconfidential or at tvconfidential on instagram and if you're listening to us on the tv confidential podcast please be sure to hit the subscribe button This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you. 